Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm co-host today, Dustin. And this is our podcast, The Mech Bay. We are a casually competitive Battletech podcast meant to usher new players into the game while also being a supplemental podcast to players who are long-term veterans of the game. Right, and we're going to be talking about what is Battletech. So if you're just coming into the world of Battletech, Battletech is a tabletop miniature war game. The player controls a 20-ton to 100-ton mech suit with ballistic guns, energy, and missile weapons against other players on a hex grid system. Setting-wise, though... You've got mercenaries, you've got pirates, you've got other kingdoms all duking it out on the battlefield. Yeah, so first of all, since Battletech is like 30-something years old, something that was confusing to me was just massive amount of products and video games that have some variation of the world, Battletech or MechWarrior, in it. So what we're talking about here is classic Battletech. That is the first iteration of the game with hexes and little sheets to keep track of your mechs in a very crunchy, you know, 80s sci-fi tabletop war game sort of fashion. We'll get into Alpha Strike and all the other different ways to play, but what we're mainly going to focus on is classic. So by this point, you probably want a little deeper introduction of who you're listening to. So I came into Battletech as a kid in the early 2000s after being exposed to Robotech and Macross. After a while, though, I found Mech Commander 2 and Mech Warrior 4 on the computer, and I just fell in love with the universe and the mechs. I remember drawing my own house and clan logos in paint, reading lore on like a terrible black and green website late at night. After a long amount of time, though, and I grew up and I heard about Mech Warrior Online, and I just played that religiously for days and nights until I almost burned myself out on computer as a whole. So by that point, it's like 2015, and I find out about Warhammer 40,000. And I absolutely loved the thought of playing a war game on the table with like dice and actual physical units. So I jumped into that and went pretty hardcore into playing that every weekend, doing local tournaments, even building like a local gaming group for it. But then one day I'm playing 40K and I see this guy at one of the tables playing with two miniatures on this weird little hex map. So I go over and I sit and lo and behold, I'm watching two actual people play classic Battletech in the wild. And like ever since then, I've devoted most of my free time to learning and loving Battletech as a whole. So I'm very new to tabletop. I'm not so new to Battletech, the intellectual property. I think I was running around the front yard of my house pretending to be a gargoyle at seven years old after watching my dad play MechWarrior 2 Ghost Bears Legacy. I played... I didn't end up playing MechWarrior 3, but I played playing MechWarrior 4. I played some of the Mech Assault games. There was a lull for me until I found MechWarrior Online. I was playing some cell phone mech game, and I was like, oh, let me see what you know MechWarrior is doing. And after playing some MechWarrior Online, I discovered that the whole, all these video games I had played throughout my life were based on a tabletop war game. And that's when I started researching the game and getting into it. I Battletech is my first tabletop war game. I just started playing 40K a couple months ago, so that's given me a little bit of a, a frame of reference for tabletop wargaming in general. But yeah, that's how I got into tabletop Battletech. What sets... Battletech, and especially classic Battletech apart from other miniatures war game, is what I would say it's emphasis on realism. You have your mechs, and you've got all the different components, like their arms, their legs, 
weapons, their internal components like hip joints, hand actuators, gyros and cockpits and life support systems. And just there's a granularity to your sheets. And this is like a literal piece of paper with a picture of your mech. And it's got bubbles that you fill in to represent the damage. And you've got words that you would cross out for different components being destroyed. And these all have an effect on how you actually play. Yeah, everything has a rule. And for some people, that's a huge turnoff. And that's totally understandable. For But for a lot of us, we love that granularity to the game. What would you say is your favorite thing that can go wrong, Dustin? My favorite? Well, so my favorite thing that can go wrong is really my favorite thing that can go wrong for the opponent. And that's uh, <laughs> what is, I've, I've heard it referred to as the golden BB. So, but I am a believer in the AC2 because from across the board, AC2, simplest version of the weapons that you can use in the game, has the longest range and you can reliably land shots. And every time you do damage, you can roll those dice and something bad can happen. And my favorite bad thing that can happen is a good old gyro hit. Turn one or two, you roll that through armor crit. Oh, it only does two damage. Yeah, but every now and then it'll crit and you hit that gyro. And that really cripples a mech. Not completely, but it, it, it makes life hard for that pilot for the rest of the game. And, you know, the odds are slim, but it can happen. And that's one of my favorite things that can go wrong. It's that little bit of luck in the dice game that can change the entire two to three hour game. Uh, what's your favorite thing that can go wrong? Either the enemy hits you and actually destroys your heat sinks. That prevents me from firing more weapons. I can ignore that advice, quote unquote, and leverage my heat, ride that heat wave higher. And my pilot is literally cooking inside of his mech as he's shooting his guns trying not to have an ammo explosion, trying to keep the mech from shutting down automatically. It's just that extra level of stress and fighting myself and fighting the game that I love. I'd say that the heat is one of the key differences in Battletech versus something like Warhammer 40,000 or Drop Fleet or Drop Zone Commander because mechs have dozens of weapons on their chassis, essentially. And the only thing that prevents you from shooting all of your guns on your mech at one time is the heat itself. So, yeah, so you talk about opportunity cost here. Yeah, and you're trying to balance, especially with the mechs that are capable of really cooking themselves. We will probably have a whole episode just devoted to heat. You mentioned that different time eras. So I'd say that's one of the big differing things from the other miniatures games out there. So like in Warhammer 40,000, you literally play in the year 40,000. With Battletech, you span over, I want to say, 400 years, actually, of setting. And you can play at any specific year of that setting. You can start at the Golden Age of Battle Mechs in the Star League. You can then play to the Amara Civil War, the Succession Wars, the Clan Invasion. There's dozens of different specific plot years with different technologies, different mechs, different chassis, and different factions. Because factions rise and fall and get destroyed in this game. Yeah, the setting actually is getting ready to progress to another setting, the Ilkhan setting. But yeah, what's your favorite era? Ooh, so my favorite era, I mean, it really depends on the day of the week. I love playing. I'll talk about why I like different settings. I like intro tech because it's a great way to get a simple game in. And I frankly like it because just about everything is concerning the mechs in that time era I have memorized. I got, you know, all the weapons, all the range profiles of, of a lot of the mechs and their variants. There really is something to seeing a hunchback on the table. You ask your opponent, 
oh, you got a hunchback? What kind? And you're like, oh, I'm running the 4P. I know what a hunchback 4P is. I'm running the H. You know, I know what that is. Oh, the G, sorry. Although there might be an H. But, you know, I'm running the 4G. I know what that's got. And the later eras, there's a lot of mechs. You know, we got into this game uh, in the recent times, and there's thousands of mechs that are constantly coming up. People bring them to the table. I don't know what that does. So, you know, that's a little frustrating with later eras, but with the earlier eras, there's less mechs, less weapons. And I understand why people really like the introductory technology era, which is 3025. That's where a game of Armored Combat, the $60 game, starts you at 3025. And it's really a nice setting because almost anything can happen. You've got pirates, you've got mercenaries. If you want to make a faction, your own custom faction, you can do that there. It's perfectly fine. I feel like the clan invasion era is well covered. There's lots of there's lots of video games. There's lots of lore. There's books. It's a very fleshed out part of the setting. Uh, so, what are some of your favorite settings to play in? I'd say my favorite setting is the clan invasion because that's when you see the mechs that you've learned to grow. Like you said, that hunchback, and now it's a whole different beast. It's got more advanced weapons, more advanced technology, and it can operate differently on the table. So, right. Right then is where you start to separate the boys from the men mech-wise and kind of make your own niche on the battlefield with it. So besides battle mechs, we also have infantry and power armor, and those are your regular grunts with guns, all the way to genetically engineered space marines, essentially. We have vehicles, tanks, civilian cars with laser on them, all the way to giant treaded 100-ton beasts or yes 100 ton tanks yeah so if you don't like a battle mech there's something in it for you we have vtol aircraft we have jets we have transformable mechs we have submarines we have aerospace units there's almost something for everyone now that we've covered essentially what is battletech as a whole we're going to go into the ways to play battletech and the tools of the trade so we've been talking about classic battletech and the biggest way that we play classic battletech is of course pre-corona times, let's date this podcast for right now, <laughs> right. Um, was tabletop at your friendly local gaming store and me and another person, me and Dustin, playing Battletech with dice and map sheets and little mech miniatures. Uh, but when that gets boring... Narrative campaign is another way to play. Some people might call these chaos campaigns, but these are essentially preset missions with attacker and defender roles. You're playing a loose, very loose mission with preset battles using like a flow chart. These, this is something that you would come to the table with. Say, I want to play three games and I want game one to matter in game two and matter in game three. And these are great, you know, having the continuity of the, you know, the missions, so to speak. You know, are you going to push that light mech? Are you going to throw it away in that match? Because you know that it might be useful later on. The narrative campaign, it's narrative those are fun and it's a great way to break up the monotony of the pickup games if and when those start to become stale if you like campaigns but you have a hard time committing to one person for three games or you just want to do something a little different there's also gm or like dnd style campaigns where one person plays the enemy or the op four faction or the bad guys and you're the good guy and they're expected to lose and your goal is to either play your one mech or your force and essentially beat the computer. 
or the DM in this case. Yeah, and these are, we've been doing this a lot over the computer during Corona times. Um, and these are great because there's the classic progression built into these are, you know, you get more money, you buy better mechs, you upgrade your pilots, and then you turn into, you know, a legendary mech warrior pilot or force commander. So if you like that, but you want something a little bit more pilot slash mech warrior specific, you can also do an RPG style, which used to be called just Mech Warrior, but now they've came up with a new one in the last couple of years, which is Mech Warrior Destiny. And that's an actual RPG where you would exit your mech, complete missions as a single human person, and then have regular mech combat in a different style. Like we mentioned, we're in the Corona times right now, so getting to the table is not a safe, and we do not condone it as a expected option if you want to start playing Battletech. But some other resources that you can do is you can actually play online. So there's a computer program called Megamech, M-E-G-A-M-E-K. And that's a fan-made free software which simulates classic Battletech with the same maps, computer-made dice rolls, and even pilot abilities. So this is as close to tabletop as you can get on the computer. And you can fight against the computer. You can fight against other players. You can play with friends against the computer. This is the new way to play in the era of COVID, essentially. Now, would you say it captures the spirit while we wait out the pandemic, Dustin? Or It does and it doesn't. It is a great way to play Battletech. And like you said, it is the most faithful conversion of the tabletop game to the computer. Some people really like it because it automates some of the things that they don't find exciting. You know, the adding and subtracting. This is definitely a way to play Battletech fast. If you say you want to play Battletech, they say, oh, that's a very slow game. Playing on Mega Mech is a very fast way because you click which weapons you want to fire and it does all the math automatically. And that literally will cut down a single turn into a minute or two. But on the other hand, for what it takes out of the game, and some people like that part that it takes out of the game, that's one of the parts that I really enjoy. Aside from physically holding dice and rolling them, which we all love. Who can beat that rush? There's a flow state I get into when I start playing Battletech and you're you're running your to-hit numbers and you're just playing the game. And when you get into a good groove, you know, in a good game with a good opponent, Mega Mech doesn't quite do that for me, but it works in a pinch for me. What do you think, Josh? How do you like Mega Mech? I like it. I think it's just another way to play to the game. No, No more negative things than positive things for me. Other options are you can use Roll20, which some people may have experience with playing Dungeons & Dragons. That's third-party online software where the range of options are really only up to how much effort you want to put in. You can upload pictures of maps. You can upload really faithful pictures of mechs. I wouldn't consider it has too many advantages over Mega Mech. It's just whichever software you are more comfortable using. I have played Classic Battletech and A Time of War on Tabletop Simulator over Discord. So Tabletop Simulator is similar to Mega Mech in that you can play Battletech digitally. And it's different in that it anybody who's familiar with Tabletop Simulator, it's a physics sandbox game. So you get little proxies or you find the places where people have loaded in the little mechs and you move them around a virtual tabletop. And what I do like about Tabletop Simulator as opposed to Mega Mech is one, you have to learn the rules. When I first started playing Battletech, it was kind of in a lull. And whereas Mega Mech speeds up a game of Battletech 
and kind of doesn't help you learn the rules of the game, Tabletop Simulator slows it down to a crawl, but forces you to learn the rules. The only benefit to that is that with Tabletop Simulator, when you're done for the night and you haven't finished your game, you save the table and you come back and pick up right where you left off tomorrow. So you've listened this far. Now, this is where you try to decide, is Battletech the actual game for you? So this is where we are going to go into what kind of attitude do you need to play Battletech? It's very much more casual, but because it's much more nitty gritty, you can play in the spirit of the game in a much more narrative manner, but also having competitive fun. Battletech for me is actually my first war game. I think you saw me playing Battletech at the local game store. And, you know, you have a background in Battletech right through the video games. I speak for you for a moment that you said you were looking for something that wasn't 40k to add into your tabletop wargaming experience. Yeah, so I came into Warhammer and I liked the overall battlefield simulation. Like tanks are on treads, they move over this, they do these things. Here's a chart that tells you what happens to the tank when it gets shot. And Warhammer changed to be a much more simplified and faster. They attempted to make it faster. But what it lost in the cracks essentially was the nitty grittiness that I fell in love with. And when I saw you and Kurt playing Battletech, I was like, whoa. That's Battletech. I remember this from a kid. And they're only playing with two miniatures each. And <laughs> that just blew my mind. Yeah. And and what turned other people, once we started playing, you know, we got a, we got a presence, you know, going at the local game store. And that, yeah, you might be the person bringing this to your local game store. We'll probably talk about that in another, you know, another episode. But the thing that turns people off on the game they would stop by they're like oh you know what are you guys playing oh we're playing BattleTech, and we'd you know give them the rigmarole oh it's super gritty and look you only need to spend twenty dollars on miniatures to start your favorite faction and they would pick up these miniatures from you know somewhere in between 1984 and 2003 and they would be like yeah that's a cool story but this is these are ugly and they were right uh so they're fixing that as we you know as we said with the new miniatures that are coming out they're they look great and they're faithful to the old sculpts and they don't look like, you know, little dudes with cardboard boxes on them, which is going to make it easier to bring people into the game these days. Yeah, the mechs definitely, they've retained the 30-year-old personality while definitely updating and on some levels being able to compete with modern plastic miniatures. So when you see these Battletech miniatures on the table, they do draw an eye and if someone has played or been exposed to it before, they will see it from across the room and they're going to go, wow, that's Battletech. I want to play that. Or they see that you're only playing with two miniatures and they're like, whoa, that's completely blowing my mind. I need to go see what that is. We'll, we'll be probably talking about introductory technology. It's what you're going to find in the beginner box, which <clears throat> the beginner box and the game of armored combat box, which you know, if you're just getting into back Battletech and you're like, what do I buy? Buy those. If you are yeah. afraid of or you don't have the money to commit to the Game of Armor Combat box, which is, I think, $60 retail right now or MSRP, you can buy the $20 box, um, the beginner box. Is it just called Battletech Beginner Box? I believe so. And you can actually find that at Barnes & Noble and other retail stores, essentially. And, and believe it or not, the $60 version of the game will come with everything you need to play. Battle mechs. Comes with maps, comes with mechs, comes with dice, comes with the sheets to 
scribble on. Hopefully, laminate those. That's the tip of the day, essentially. It comes with the you know, it comes with extra punch out tokens, standees that you can use, and you know, as more mechs. You know, it comes the, the beginner box was, comes with like two mechs, two plastic miniatures. I'm sorry. The Game of Armor Combat box comes with eight plastic miniatures and I think another eight punch-out tokens, which are, you know, standees to stand in. That's where to start, uh, especially the $60 box. It's got the rule book, It's got the minis. It's got the maps. It's got everything. The $20 box has a... Um, it's missing, basically, the bottom half of the sheets. You essentially play with just armor, if I remember correctly. You just play with armor, no heat, but the full game comes with armor, structure, and heat which is everything in the game. If you want to access those, those what the, the things we were just talking about, what, what's your favorite things that can go right or wrong, you're going to find that in the $60 box. The $20 box doesn't introduce those concepts just yet. So if you want to dip your toes, that's a great way to do it. But if you want the whole package, you just get the $60 box and you're good to go. You got to dip your toes in the setting. You got to dip your toes into the game engine and see if it's for you. It's definitely not for certain people. Some people really don't like the pedantic style of you know, the game, because it is granular, but some people are definitely looking for that. When it comes to Battletech, but also any tabletop war game where you're playing an actual human being, you always have to take into consideration the social contract, and that's respecting your opponent, respecting their time, and respecting their property, because I don't want to play someone that hates me, hates my stuff, and hates to be around me, for two plus hours because I'm not going to enjoy that. I'm going to play that person. I'm going to go home and I'm not going to feel good. If that, I spent a little bit of gaming time that I have with someone who didn't want me to be, be there. So making sure that you're enjoying it, you are having fun and your opponent is enjoying it and having fun is a key to battle tech because over 30 years and different, all the different ways to play battle tech, so many different people have picked up their own way that they enjoy it. So some people are going to be there just to show off their painted miniatures. Some people are going to be there just to have their special narrative mechs that they've accumulated and grown over the last 25 years. Some people, and this is an interesting thing with Battletech, is the, the, the manner in which the mechs are constructed. There is a system for that. And there are some people who take great enjoyment in building and making mechs. There are several different personalities that show up to play a game of Battletech. You need to make sure you're communicating about what you find enjoyable in a game of Battletech and what you don't. So because Battletech isn't taken as such a high-level, high-stakes competitive format like, say, Warhammer, you're not going to encounter many cheesy players or play to win or win at all cost players. Most of the people that you encounter are going to be there because they love the game. They love the setting and they love the narrative. And most times that if you have a problem, you can just bring that up to that person and say, Hey, I don't feel like playing against the list that you brought today. And they'll be more than happy to change it out. You just have to be able to step up and have that conversation, respect that social contract, respect them and 99 out of 100 times, they'll be okay with that because they're just going to be happy to be playing Battletech with someone who appreciates the game just as much as them. We're all trying to grow the game, but when you got like, there's only so many people <laughs> for the time being to play Battletech with. So I think we all kind of cherish um, our small community. There's not enough people playing right now 
And we're all, you know, I think with the products that Catalyst are releasing, we have a great opportunity to grow the game and our community. So we've learned what Battletech is, what the setting is, and all the different ways that it can be played. So we've got a lot planned for playing Battletech, how to play to your best, how to play competitively, but while respecting that social contract. Uh, so stay tuned. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at the Podcast.